Hey, hey. <clears throat> Welcome to the third episode of Dragon Soulcast. I'm reporting to you from tropical Okinawa. Um, as I am conducting research that is entirely unrelated to what's happening with the dragons. Um, <clears throat> but I guess, you know, with the season over, at least I can look forward to maybe catching up with them at the fall camp. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, so today um, may actually be a surprisingly high-quality episode. <laughs> I'm actually a little bit more organized this time. And um, there's also a um, chance I could uh, end up putting this on a podcast thing properly. But we'll see what happens. This is uh, I do apologize for not being regular with updates or anything. I really am just trying to do things when I have the time or um, feel that I can fit it in. So today I'm going to touch on a few different subjects, um, just to show you that I actually do have a structure this time. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, where the, the team ended up overall. Um, if you've been keeping drag at all, you'll probably know what that is, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I'd like to talk also a little bit about, um, I guess, some of the guys that were in for titles towards the end of the season and um, technically still are. And then we'll talk sort of ins and outs, more outs than ins at the moment. And then we're going to maybe have a look at some initial thoughts on who could be part of the first wave of Senyokugai notices or the uh, releases from the team. So there is actually already a couple of teams that have released there. So possibly by the end of this podcast, it will have been released by the Dragons, but we'll see what happens. So... First of all, the Dragons finished up their season um, yesterday, I think, uh, with a 3-0 win over the Hiroshima Carp. The Carp were out of uh, Climate Series contention by the um, by this game, and I don't think their heart was in it too much. But uh, in the end, it was still, I guess, a positive note to finish the season. And uh, one of the main talking points would have been Akira Neo making his first start in NPB. Now has been used mostly as a reliever this year and has been tidy without being amazing. And his conversion to being a pitcher seems to be well on the way to being a, a complete thing. Um, if we compare this to what he's done with the bat in the last few seasons, he certainly looks a little bit more promising with the ball. So um, he went through, I believe it was three innings or four innings. Um, I think it was three innings. So he's basically an opener. Um, where he went unscathed, and Yuya Yanagi came in and pitched a few more innings, and the Dragons pitched out a win in the end with, I think, Yarel Rodriguez and Raidel Martinez being the um, stone wall at the back of the bullpen. So overall, um, a disappointing season for the Dragons. This is the second time they've fallen into the cellar in the last decade. It's um, just disappointing. Uh, the Central League, as you have possibly been keeping notice of, has been very close. Um, it's really only been the Swallows that have been far and above better than everyone else. And then there's been a scramble behind them. I think the Bay Stars are quite rightfully the second-place team this year. I would have never guessed that that would have happened. And the who, did, who came in third? See, that's, oh, and the Tigers somehow got into third place. I think that, that sort of shows you. Um, at the beginning of the season, the Tigers had an awful, awful start. I think they lost a ridiculous amount of games in a row. It was like 17 games in a row or something. They bounced back and uh, somehow beat out the Carp, the Dragons, 
and uh, the Giants to a Climate Series berth. So congratulations to the Tigers. Um, I am going to be rooting for you in the Climax Series. I would love to see them go to the Japan Series just for the chaos of it all. Um, and plus they haven't been for a while too, so I'd love to see that. But, uh, yeah, so essentially the, the Dragons finish in sixth in Kazuyoshi Tatsunami's first year as manager. And I think the only the last time we did it was when Mori was manager, I believe, um, in like 2017 or something. So it's disappointing, as you can, as, as you probably well know. The team actually only finished 0.5 games behind the Hiroshima Carp, or was it the Giants? can't remember. Whoever came in fifth. And um, it was, I guess it would have been nice to finish outside of uh, the sixth spot because I think the Dragons have only finished in sixth, you know, like half a dozen times in their history. It's, it's not been that much. So it's a very uh, sad state of affairs that they've fallen so low and they just keep see, seem to be happy sticking there. That third place that Yoda got us to in 2020 seems like a far off memory. Um, but here we are. So, overall, the, I think the season is was a wash. Um, I didn't expect the Dragons to suddenly be good. And I think with a lot of the movement and a lot of the changes that had to happen with Tatsunami coming in and bringing in his new team and bringing in new players and all this sort of stuff was going to upset the balance a little bit. I think the approach is different. There's, um, I, You can see there's a lot more focus on trying to get some sort of production out of the bats. And there's been some pitches that haven't been as good as they were in previous years. But to be honest, most of the main contributors, aside from, you know, uh, Daisuke Soboy and Hirota Fuku, were pretty good. Um, so it's, you know, and some of the experiments of turning relievers into, sorry, turning starters into relievers was really successful, whereas the opposite certainly wasn't true. But um, I might talk about that a little bit later. So, um, first of all, just to talk about title winners. Um, so, the team had a couple of guys up until the last few days that were in for some titles. And the main one was, obviously, uh, Yohei Oshima, perhaps going to win the batting average title. But uh, that doesn't that's not going to happen. I think Murakami Munetaka, Munetaka Murakami of the Swallows, has officially taken that honour, I believe unless um, someone goes on a ridiculous tear, but I think that's it. Um, the other leader that is yet to be decided because the Bay Stars are still playing is uh, Yuki Okabayashi, who has been excellent this year, um, who I think is... It depends on Keita Sano and how many hits he gets in this game, but it is uh, he should get the hit leader title which is something. <laughs> it's not nothing, it is something. And that's, that's you know, I guess one of the only real mm, happy takeaways we can take really from the season. So if we look at uh, total hits, so Okabayashi had a, has 161 hits this year at a 291 average, which is pretty, pretty decent. And the one thing I am actually really happy about is his OPS has got up to 700. It was in that 600 range for a very long time, and now it's up to. It was finished at 702, which I think is respectable. I think, and that puts him fifth in the team, behind Dan Viciato, who was 792, uh, Ariel Martinez, who was 787, Yohei Oshima at 743, and Toshiki Abe at 735. So it's. I'm glad that 
that's where Okobayashi ended up. But it's still a sad state of affairs that there's only five players with a plus 700 OPS. However, um, that's that's something else we'll get onto in a moment. But um, I think Okobayashi is also leading the uh, what is it? Leading the league in triples as well. Um, yes, yeah. So let's have a quick look at that. Just double check. I've got all the stats in front of me. Um, Triples, triple. There we go. Yep, Okabayashi leads with 10. The next closest is um, Teriyaki Sato, who somehow has 8. And then there's Daiki Yoshikawa of the Giants and Shiomi of the Swallows with 6 each. So um, I think Okabayashi will end up leading the league in triples, which is pretty cool. Um, but unfortunately, doubles is something where we lay behind a bit. Um, Abe was fourth on the list behind, uh, well, he was equal with Maru, Yoshiharu Maru of the Giants and uh, Tetsuro Yamada. And then there was uh, Kuahara, Sato, and Maki Um In terms of this, is something I will just touch on while we're here because um, home runs have been, you know, a major thing for the team and a major issue. You know, how many, what our home run leader was on the leaderboard? 19th. And that was Dayan Vichieta with 14 home runs. Wow. You know what? That is Vichieta's lowest total in, I think, his Japanese career. So that's just, you know, plain old. Uh, but we will get, I will probably get into that a little bit more later. But anyway, so that, that's basically where the um, the titles are. I'll just have a, we'll just, in terms of the pitchers, so Yudai Ono came fourth in OPS with a 2.46 ERA. Oh, sorry, not, e, not OPS, ERA. Um, in terms of quality starts, uh, Shinosuke Ogasawara was way up there with 16 quality starts, just behind um, uh, five others. So it was uh, Togo of the Giants that had 20 this year. Uh, and strikeouts, I thought one of our boys would be up there, and we've taken second and third place. So Togo of the Giants, once again, was up top, but uh, Shinosuke Ogasawara had 142, and Hiroto Takahashi, the, um, the rookie, had 134 strikeouts this year. In terms of a, a, KBBB, a KBB ratio, Ogasawara had a really good KBB. Uh, Yanagi was up there as well with 3.35. And uh, unfortunately, it was uh, Shota Imanaga of the DNA that took out the four point with a four point five five. So um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of fun there in terms of saves. But our boy Rydell Martinez with thirty nine, so he should take the saves title, which is really um, fantastic news for him. He's, I think this is the first time he's finally gotten there because the team in the past has not been able to get there. So that's really good news for him. Um, in terms of holds, uh, Yarel Rodriguez ended up second on the list with 39, just behind uh, Taiki Yuasa of the um, of the Hanshin Tigers. We had 43 and he had a 1.15 ERA, which is super impressive. And then um, this one's probably not many people would have expected, but Tatsuya Shimizu, who was um, put back in the bullpen this year, he had 32 holds, um, which is, you know, I, I, re I reckon a very solid contribution from the youngster this year, um, who was trying, you know, they were trying to turn him into an, a starter before this year. So, um, yeah, that's that's sort of 
I will probably come back to this a little bit in a moment um, towards the end of the podcast. But uh, today we will, I'll just go past that and we'll start talking about some of the uh, confirmed uh, departures. So Korsuke Fukudome, um, he announced his retirement and he had his little retirement game not too long ago. And um, he's had a, just an absolutely wonderful year. Um, Fukudome is, well, not, he hasn't had a wonderful year, sorry. That's probably one of the reasons he retired. Um, he is one of my, he probably is my all-time favourite player um, of, you know, any, any team any team, any player throughout history. And um, it is sad to see him finally bow out. But at 45, um, you know, he's had a good run. I'm, I'm super happy that he came back to the Dragons to finish it up. I'm glad the Dragons front office could make it happen. Um, I think he's had a great influence on the Dragons youngsters. And I think going forward, um, he would be a great coach. Now... This is, this is an interesting thing because I thought Fukudome would be probably a great addition to the coaching background, uh, coaching team because he's quite, um, you know, has that really diverse background through the MLB and NPB and, you know, he's very le a learned, um, you know, a scholar of the game. He's very experienced, like you can't hold a candle to him. But I sort of recently, I read an article today saying that um, there's – he has signed on with, with a, I think a broadcaster to become a sort of a commentator or a, um, an analyst. So that's where he'll be next year. But um, it looks as though that his relationship with Tatsunami is not particularly strong. And the other thought, or at least this is what the, uh, the report, report said, is that within the organization, he is concerned that it is not going to be a successful one under Tatsunami. And he does not want his name attached to it, which I think, um, you know, can spell. I think that you could probably say that for some others. So the um, what the this particular article's argument was is that Fukudome may actually be quite because he also he has a very good relationship with the front office that he might be a possibility for the next manager should Tatsunami not live up to expectation. So he doesn't want to damage that reputation by having an unsuccessful time with Tatsunami. So, and they also, the article also suggested that they might look to bring in, um, he, he, you know, um, Fukudome may look, may look in, yeah, look to bring in someone like Takashi Yamasaki and uh, Kenshi Kawakami into his back room and that, if that happens. So I, I don't know. I thought that was quite curious. And I think Fukudome as a manager would be very interesting. I'd be, on board with that at some point in the future. Um, I mean, obviously, I wish Tatsunami all the best in the meantime, but um, there's a hard slog ahead and he's going to need a lot of luck to get it moving. But uh, it seems as though Fukudome did not view the current team as one that could be successful, which is why he's decided to take a few years away and um, see what happens. So I thought that was quite curious because the uh, Dragons have been sort of wanting a left-handed bat um, hitting instructor. But um, out of this actually also comes some different news because uh, long-serving batting coach, I mean, very long-serving, actually, he's been there for ages. I think, I think 2014 was when he came in, was Toshio Haru. Now, Toshio Haru was a, uh, an outfielder for the 
uh, DNA based stars. He came to the Dragons a little bit later in his career for a year or two, and um, he's been a coach. <clears throat> he's been a coach for a very long time, and he was previously with the farm team. Uh, he was with the first team under, I want to say, under Tanishke or maybe Mori, but then he got demoted to the farm team under Yoda, only to be brought up again this year by Tatsunami because of the disagreement with Norihiro Nakamura and his coaching style. So he got sent down to the farm while um, uh, Haru went up to the top team. So obviously the um, the hitting has not really developed and the team has sent out an invitation for to Kazuhiro Wada, the big man with the wrecking ball bat who... Um, I would say in modern Dragons history, there's probably the second most successful uh, Japanese slugger um, behind Korsuke Fukudome. Yeah. Um, so he had that wonderful, I think, 2000, uh, don't hurt me if I'm wrong, 2011, I think it was, where he was MVP, or maybe it was 2012, I can't remember. And uh, he was just, uh, he came over more or less as a replacement for Fukudome after he left the Cubs in 2007. Um, it was. Wadas, I think, came in in 2009, so it was a couple of years between, but um, he came in as a 35-year-old and just destroyed the Central League in um, his second or third season. So um, Wada has been asked for Tatsunami, by Tatsunami to come join his coaching staff, and the hope would be that he'd be able to um, guide the uh, next set of you know, power hitters, which, of course, we are overflowing with. But um, mainly pointing out Korsuke Ukai and uh, Taga Ishikawa as people that could probably benefit from his tutelage. So um, that would mean that Masahiko Morino will obviously be keeping his post, and Norihiro Nakamura will probably dwell on a farm for a bit longer. So this is actually one of the interesting things with contracts and coaches I've noticed over the years with the Dragons, is that you would imagine, you know, a new coach comes in, they can just clear out anyone they want and start anew. Um, but that doesn't happen. They've got contracts. They're usually, I think, two years with an option of a third in most cases. And uh, that means that the team is stuck with um, Nori Nakamura for at least another year. Um, I, I don't see this as a, you know, a bad thing, personally. I think Nakamura is, is a good personality who will rub people up the wrong way. But I think that's sort of what's needed. I think Tatsunami deserves um, someone up in his face telling him he's wrong. But um, it's, yeah, the team is, I think the coaching staff now is going to be relatively stuck the way it is. We may see some new additions, perhaps. We may see a head coach type uh, slide in for um, <clears throat> to relieve Eichi, uh, to relieve, um, yeah, Ochiai of his, Eiji Ochiai's, um, of his uh, dual responsibilities at the moment, as he is the head coach and pitching coach. So um, I guess it will be interesting to see whether they do look to maybe add Hirokazu Ibata into the back room, because um, Hirokazu Ibata was uh, mentioned by, oh, well, I think he talked about this himself, that he was keen to join the back room of Tatsunami, but was unable to, because in the end, Tatsunami's call was a little bit late because I think he was trying to get Shinya Miyamoto into the mix. And uh, he, Ibata had already signed up a contract with, um, I don't know the exact outlet, but 
uh, in the media to continue working as an analyst. So um, I would kind of like to see it, but um, it's funny reading that Fukudome article. I, I wouldn't want his name being dragged through the mud either. So um, I guess I'm sort of split that way. But I hope, um, you know, we see someone else. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing another batting coach on the farm. I think it's kind of silly to entrust one person, particularly when the problems are with hitting. And that person is someone that the manager has disagreed with in the past. So I personally think the farm should have the best coaches um, because you want to be teaching younger players what to do now. Um, you know, as you get older, obviously, it's, it's difficult to change your ways, um, less flexible. Um, and they said, you know, it's, it's probably not necessarily true, but I still think that from top to bottom, there needs to be a lot, a better um, collection of hitting instructors. I, I mean, I don't necessarily like Moreno. He might be okay. I don't know. I don't know the inside of all that. Obviously, Haru is being moved on and Nakamura is not, as I say, not well liked. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know Tatsunami's meant to sort of double as a hitting instructor as well because he was, you know, um, reasonable in his day. But, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think we're, I don't know what's going to happen there. So that was, um, I think that's what's going to be happening with the staff. I, as I say, I don't envisage too many big changes, but we'll probably see Wada and I'd wouldn't be surprised if we say one more staff member join that background, whether it be a new, like a head coach or whether it be someone as a hitting coach on the farm. Maybe that's just me projecting, but <laughs> that's what I'd like to see. So um, going on, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the team and sort of who's been good and who's been bad. And in that respect, talking a little bit more about um, sort of our depth going forward into next year and also i guess touching a little bit on the draft as well because the draft is coming up it's on the 20th of this month so there's four weeks until that happens and it it's a bit hard to see who's going to be targeted because i've i think there's a few different positions the dragons could do with topping up and i don't know if they will but um we'll see so basically, let, let me let's let's just go through um, the team and sort of the the good the goodens and the badens. So essentially, I'll just have a look at um, first team statistics. Um, oh, actually, that's something else I I forgot about um, exits. So before I get into exits, uh, before I get into this, sorry, um, there was a few a couple more players that have will be exiting. So Ryosuke Hirata, our um, former captain, um, has being told he can leave. Um, he was on a very big multi-year deal up until this year. And then he was knocked down to about 300K for this season. And now the team has chosen to release him because they don't see him as worth keeping. And given that they have, they um, introduced three more outfielders last year uh, through Yuma Fukumoto, uh, Kenta Bright and Korsuke Ukai. He was seen as surplus to requirements. So, but the interesting thing is, is that he's leaving. And so is Korsuke Fukudome. So that's sort of two spots that are now open. And also Takahiro Matsuba has announced his intention to 
uh, go to the free agent market. He's now eligible, so he will be dipping his toes. And um, we'll see how he goes. Um, I think there's a chance the Dragons retain him, but I think there's equally as good a chance that someone will pick him up. He's been good, solid, but I think this is where um, the emergence of Kotaro sort of um, overlaps with that. So if you have been watching games, Kotaro Ueda um, is an IG native. He came up on a development, he came, he joined the team on a development deal, I think three years ago, two years ago, from high school. And he has been contributing to the first team rotation this year. He's been solid, not not amazing. Um, I'm not a huge fan because he throws so slowly. He throws around 130, but he's got a, a decent breaking balls. I think that's keeping him in the hunt. Um, yeah, as I say, I'm still not convinced, but um, there, there's something about him. He has a 2.83 ERA through eight starts this year. Um, decent sort of okay peripherals but um yeah yeah i don't know 7.19k to 9 ratio not great but anyway so yeah so he's i think he was sort of the natural successor to take over from matsuba sort of soft tossing lefty kind of guy i think matsuba is just super reliable though i think for any team he'd be a good five four five six starter he will 99% of the time give you five good innings. And, um, you know, for under two or three earned runs, which is all you should really ask for someone of his quality. And I think that's um, one of the big winners of that trade that we had with uh, Masato Matsui and Yusuke Matsui going to the Swallow, to the Buffaloes, along with Stephen Moyer. All three of those. So, <laughs> funny thing is, Matsui. So Yusuke Matsui has retired. Masato Matsui, I think, is still with the Buffaloes, but just as a backup catcher. And Moya has since been released. So I think it's safe to say the Dragons won that trade. They've got a, quite a few good innings and good starts out of Matsuba. Um, we also had Kengo Takeda come out of that trade as well, but and that didn't go as well. He was released last year, but he still had his use. And I think maybe comparable to how Moya was used with the, with the Buffaloes. But anyway, so... That's, that's sort of the other um, guys that might be moving on. So um, what I will look to now is, again, sort of depth and sort of who might be cut, if that makes sense. So first of all, I'm just going to have a quick look at pitches. So I think one of the – there's two guys, three, probably three guys in particular that will be in danger of losing their job. Um, I think Yu Sato, who was 2015 second-round pick, um, has just – not kicked on. He's been actually surprisingly good on the farm. He's actually even closed a few games there, but he's now 29 and he hasn't really developed the way that the team has wanted. And well, yeah, as I say, it's it's on the farm, yes. Uh, not as good as I thought. He, he has a 3.97 ERA on the farm, which is um, yeah, not so great. And his ERA in... Uh, Four appearances. This is 11.25 at the top 10. I think Sato will be one of the first to go, which is a shame. I, I liked the look of him when he came up, um, but he just has not kicked on. He had that little period of time where he was probably the Dragons' best reliever in, I think, 2017, I want to say, and he even got selected for the Japanese national team um, for a few exhibition games. 
But um, yeah, it was not to be. I think he's had injury issues as well. But I think he'll be one of the first on the chopping block. Um, after that, I would say Toshio Okada will be. I don't know. Will uh, it depends whether or not his veteranness will keep him around. He's only a year older than Sato, but um, but apart from being popular, um, he hasn't got much else going for him. His farm statistics again three point six seven is not super encouraging in a uh, pitcher's environment uh, uh, sorry in a yeah in a pitcher's environment and they tried to turn him into a starter for some ungodly reason so um, I think that's really mucked him up I mean he's before this season he had not started a game in eight years and he's had injury issues it just did not seem like a smart idea so I I I'd be kind of surprised if they got rid of him, but um, on the other hand, I don't know if there's a lot of upside with um, Okada. So I'd say i put him in the yellow zone, whereas uh, Sato would definitely be in the red zone. Uh, Johan Tavares, who was brought in from uh, Toyama, the Toyama Firebirds, I think they're called, in the independent leagues, he was a really good reliever, and then the team somehow decided that he was going to be a really good starter for the Dragons, um, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. And he uh, didn't do so well. On the farm was a 9.3 RA. On the top team, a 6 ERA and three starts. He was garbage, so I'm sure they'll move him on. Um, so he's in the red. He's not going anywhere. Oh, sorry, he's he's not staying at all. Uh, Shoutaro Kasahara might be another one that could be in some danger, but it looks like they're trying to convert him into relief. So I think he might have a little bit more life in him. Um, Shinji Tajima has been okay coming back from Tommy John. I think it's been a little bit more encouraging than um, first thought. I think he will stick around for a, little, a wee bit longer. Um, apart from that, I think that's sort of about it in terms of t players that we'll never see. We might not see much of. Um, Keisuke Tanimoto, I thought, was was sure to be gone this year, but he has just been excellent. He has a 2.61 ERA through 34 appearances this season. He's been pretty good, pretty solid for a veteran reliever who doesn't throw that hard. Um, I think last year he got lit up something awful, and he's just come back and done really well this year, so credit to him. Um, and apart from that, in terms of guys that haven't really seen much of the first team this year, I'm not sure. We might see someone like uh, Yuta Omine get released. I mean, he was on a development contract this year and hasn't done anything just yet. Um, Ishikawa Shaw might be in danger. He was a former second-round pick as well, as Sato for that matter. I think he might, you know, if he's unlucky, he might get released too. And... Um, yeah, that's, that's probably about it. Ren Kondo was someone that came up last year but um, hasn't been particularly good. And then there's, um, yeah, Tsubasa Kato is still a bit young. So there's a, there's a few guys that haven't appeared in the first team this year. But, yeah, I mean, Sho Ishikawa has a 13.14 ERA on the, um, on the farm this year. And I had high hopes, but I don't think he will make it, unfortunately. So I think the... Uh, the key ones I've identified here, we will probably not be seeing any of you, Sato, Johan Tavares, um, and probably Shoishkawa. Those will be my that's my three guys that I think are absolutely gone. Gone. 
Um, otherwise, there's a few veterans and guys that have sort of been in and out that, you know, I think the team will see is valuable enough to keep or there's enough upside there that they'll sort of, you know, maybe maybe they can turn them around. Sure, Iwasaki is another one that they got in that um, free agent when they when Katsuki Matayoshi went to the Hawks and they got him back as compensation. He just had TJ not that long ago and has not recovered at all. So I don't think the team will cut bait with a guy that's been so well injured just yet. Um, but you know, he might not be there beyond next year, but we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Right, um, so I'll get into the hitters now. I think there's a few guys here that are would be definitely lucky to be here next year. So um, just make a quick note of who I listed before. Um, I remember now. Anyway, um, so going through this, I think really we had... Um, the team brought in Shinta, Shinta Goto from the, the Buffaloes for, I uh, can't remember his name now, that guy, infielder, Ryota Ishioka, um, for, in a trade in the middle of the season. So Shinta Goto is, you know, he had some bit parts this year, but he's a Tatsunami signing, so I think he'll stay. Um, but however, I think this puts into doubt um, Shohei Kato, uh, his involvement, because I, I actually I thought this was really bizarre when it happened because Shohei Kato was brought in roughly the same time last season by Yoda to fill in that central central midfield right right field sort of role, um, but he has essentially done nothing. Um, a two twenty two batting average and just otherwise not so exciting. I, and I think Goto was sort of brought in to be sort of the same. I mean, he's another guy that can play centrally or um, on the flank. So, wow, well, it sounded like football. Um, sort of in the centre or on the corner. So I don't see the point in having two veteran outfielders that do the same thing. They're basically defence first, um, light, you know, contact hitters. We don't need two of them, and I think Kato, because he was brought in by the previous regime, will be the first one out the door. Um, so one of the interesting things about this season, particularly towards the end, was the emergence of um, Ryuko Tsujida, who was a high school, drafted out of high school a couple of years ago. He's been the team's shortstop, um, been looking encouraging. Again, very good defensively, not so great. With the bat, 573 OPS tells you enough. Um, but, you know, he was solid defensively and hit 248. So, you know, it's, it's pretty good for someone who's so young and inexperienced. The team looked to be probably going forward with him. So I think that puts into danger some of the shortstop options. Um, however, with Akira Neo, Neo um, sort of converting to being a pitcher now that actually we've got less depth there than we did at the beginning of the season. So I'm curious to see if the team actually look to acquire a shortstop in the offseason because Tsuchida has ended up being the, um, the main guy. And then there's Taiki Mitsumata who got 154 at-bats this year, but I don't think there's much upside with him. I guess uh, the only thing he has going from his 
right-handed and a handy defender. Um, yeah, I mean, his, his OPS is slightly better than Suchita's, but it's not much better. It's only like one point better. Um, I think Mitsumata has, you know, he rode that really good um, period of form last year, but he's just been underwhelming. So I be, wouldn't be surprised if Mitsumata actually got moved on, depending on what options are available at the draft. Similarly, I think uh, Yota Kyoda could be good trade bait. Um, I think that if, the, if Tatsunami does not believe in Kyoda, and I think Kyoda's um, results with the bat have just been tailing off since his first season, it's, I don't think, silly to think that he might be traded. Um, but again, I think the depth for shortstop is a bit of a problem there because... With be beyond Tsuchida, Mitsumata, and Kyoda, there is mm, 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 really no one that can <laughs> fill that role. Uh, Mao Hoshino is a guy who was a shortstop uh, in high school, but he's been playing mainly third base on the farm. Um, Masami Ishigaki was another, but he's been playing a lot of second base recently. So I don't think. Yeah, as much as I'd like to see someone like Mitsumata moved on, unless the team pick up a shortstop at the draft, I don't think they'll get released. So at least not in the first wave of notices, because, I mean, there's still Naomichi Donai as well as a veteran. So I reckon you could probably get rid of Mitsumata, and then you have Donoway, Kyoda, Tsuchida as your three main options, and then you can bring in someone through the draft with the, from high school or college or whatever. So I think those are some decent options. Um, yeah, I personally would get rid of Mitsumata. I don't see any upside with him. Um, apart from that, if we keep having a, a bit of a scan through, so obviously Ryosuke Hirata is gone. Um, we might, I don't know. Um, Nobumasa Fukuda did not have a great year. But again, I think he's had his injuries this season. Um, someone like Kanami Takino has been better than I had thought on the first team, but has not been great. Watanabe Masato is another one. I think Watanabe is probably in danger if we're thinking of cleaning out the the outfield spots a bit more. But, you know, we get rid of him, then outfield starts looking quite bare. So I'm not sure if the Dragons would be particularly keen on tossing him at this stage. So... Yeah, if we say if we got rid of Watanabe, Fukudome, and Hirata, we have one, two, three. Not a whole lot of options in that space. So, um, I, I, I would arguably be happy to let go of Kato, Watanabe, and pos um, along with Fukudome and Hirata, but I don't think the team will get rid of that many. So I think Watanabe will probably hold on. But I think it's Shohei Kato that will probably be on the way out. Um, otherwise, I think the team may look to draft a catcher simply because Yuya Gunji has um, sort of become an outfielder now. And Ariel Martinez is more of an outfielder now. So we've really only got Iroi Katara, Kota Ishibashi, 
Takia Kinosta and Shota Ono as catchers, because even um, Ayatsuku Yamashita, who can be a catcher and he has been at the farm, is more being used as a first baseman. And I think that's that's fine for him to be the, the, the farm first baseman. Um, I don't think he's been particularly good this year either, but, um, you know, well, well, <laughs> why not? Um, Let's have a quick look. So he's got a 130 average on top team and 264 on the farm. So, yeah, you can go either way with him. A 722 OBS on the farm. So I, I don't know. I, I'm happy to keep him where he is. Um, he has played mostly, I think, first base this year. But, um, yeah, that's that's fine. But my, my point is, is we've only got four catchers that are essentially catchers. So I think the Dragons will look to target a catcher at the draft as well. So what I think will probably happen in terms of catching... So what I've sort of outlined, as you can, if you remember, I've talked about probably getting rid of uh, Yu Sato and um, Shoishikawa. And there was another pitcher I mentioned who I can now not remember. Silly me. Uh, nope. Anyway, a... Oh, that's right. We were talking about Matsuba leaving. Um, but anyway, so we're going to have Matsuba leaving. We're going to have Sato uh, and probably Ishikawa gone. And then I'm suggesting probably Mitsumata, Shohei Kato, and um, maybe Masaru Watanabe leaving uh, from the first team. And plus, as I say, with the different conversions that, that have happened with, within the team, there's going to be there's only like four catches now maybe five if you count how much does. So I think the team will look to draft, this is my guess, a shortstop because there's not a lot of depth at shortstop, particularly if you get rid of Mitsumata. Um, they probably want more depth at catcher. I think um, they've un in, in, traditionally they've carried usually seven catchers on the roster, um, you know, 70-man roster. Um, so I think they'll probably look to at least get one more catcher I wouldn't be surprised if they pursued another outfielder. I don't know if it'll be sort of first, second round quality, but I, think, I reckon they will look to sign another outfielder. I just hope to God it's another, not another contact hitter. And then I reckon a couple of pitchers. So I've mentioned that Sato is, is going and Matsuba is going. And then there's a few, you know, the, the, there's a few bullpen arms that are a bit more iffy now, like Sobe and Fuku didn't have particularly good years. Um, and there's a couple of other guys that just haven't developed the way the team would have liked. So I reckon uh, a couple more pitches as well um, in the draft. So my guess is probably first round will be a high-level pitching prospect. Second round, maybe a shortstop or a um, another pitcher. And the third round will probably be either a, sh a shortstop or a pitcher and then catch a outfielder pitcher or something like that so i think we'll two or three pitchers and then three position players i think will probably be what the team will look like i think the pitching yeah it all needs to be shaken up a little bit so but the, the draft's on the 20th and um we'll just i haven't really looked at any of the previews yet maybe seeing how we go for time uh, my own time that is i might try and do a draft preview um, if not a draft preview then i will certainly do another podcast in the aftermath of the draft to introduce some of the players so that's um i think about where i'm at with this i've, I've sort of 
waffled on for a while now, but I hope you got a better idea of maybe what the team's going to be looking like next year. Um, I'm happy to field any questions that you may have um, if you want to leave them in the on my blog somewhere on the blog post for this uh, podcast, um, and I can try and answer them next next um, next time. So thank you once again for listening. I know some of you actually do listen to this, which is you know making me very happy. And um, thank you so much. And hopefully I might even be able to give at least some photos of the fall camp when that comes about. Ciao.